Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like flowers cultivate in cracks in the concrete... Culture grows in the spaces between the everyday. It's there in darkened rooms when the stage lights come on. It's in a park full of people belting out the same song. It happens in classrooms, having a go, hands-on. It's found in small circles, exchanging stories. It's under a tent, making brand new discoveries. It's in those shared experiences that help build communities. It inspires change, provides opportunities. It brings joy, sparks curiosity. It provokes feelings recognisable to everyone, making our hearts race and giving us goosebumps. It's for those who don't think they can have it. It's for those who know that they need it. It fosters connection and understanding. It is ours for the taking as well as the sharing. Culture is what makes us human. It makes our world better. Culture is our culture. Let's explore it together.
Thank you very much. Hello, I love to see you all. Uh, welcome to this uh, chat with Richard Osman. I'm Richard Herring. Uh, two Richards. Mm, no big, jokes there. A big one and a little one. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, this fantastic new book, uh, The Bullet, The Mist. Um, I should say that uh, the audience here, you can join in on slido.com and ask some questions. And I will select your question if it's good enough and ask it near the end. So if, you want, if you've got questions, uh, go to slido.com and you can join in with the fun. Hello, yeah. Richard. Hello. Essentially, if your question is about Richard Herring, he will definitely read it out. That's, <laughs> my, that's my little tip. If you want to mention my book, uh, Can I Have My Ball Back, uh, then just put that near the start. It's nice to be here for the, the first convention of the, uh, the Anti-Growth Coalition. <laughs> There's a lot of us. Even yeah. the, uh, most of the Tory party as well are part of it. It's, I think it's everyone apart from one person <laughs> at the moment. Um, look, this book is uh, my favourite of the three oh. so far. But I thought the other two were rubbish. That's how I did it. <laughs> start, start badly. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, because I think you, you grow into the character as well, and you as an author have grown into the characters. Do you want to... It's so hard with a, with a book like this that's so full of twists and turns, you don't want to give anyway any spoilers. Um, do you want to give your synopsis of where we start with this book? And yeah, I can give a rough one. I know some people uh, will not have uh, read it, and I'm, I am signing afterwards in, uh, in, in the Waterstones tent, so um, I'll hopefully see lots of you there. It's this one... Um, listen, there's more trouble for the Thursday Murder Club. That will, that will not shock you. Um, there's a murder. What? Huh? That is... Uh, you didn't quite <laughs> capture the gasp there, did you, on audio? But it were, there, were, there was an audible gasp. Um, and essentially, it sort of said... I, I start by thinking... I just, I just had this, this thing, you know... Um, and everyone here in Cheltenham will know it. You know local news? Yes. And you know on the nightly lo local news, your, your local newsreaders are the most famous people in a particular area. Yeah. Right? And no-one from anywhere else has ever heard of them. But in a particular area, they're, like, they're world-famous. Uh, and I was thinking that, and when you go around the country and you watch other people's local news, you realise that the format is the same, in that there's a 70-year-old man who's been there for 40 years, <laughs> and every five years they replace the woman who reads the news with him. Uh, anyway, I like, but I love those sort of those those guys who've read the news forever and ever and ever, and I wanted a character like that. So it's essentially it's a story about um, a local news journalist who was murdered, uh, and essentially we, we get into the story because Joyce, you'll be shocked to learn, fancies the guy who reads the news <laughs> and thinks if they look into the case that she might get to meet him slash marry him. Um, no spoilers, she does not end up marrying him in this book. Uh, and then, then, then essentially we, we, we get into this story and, and Mike Waghorn is the name of the, the news reporter and Bethany Waits is the, is, is the woman who's been murdered. And we, 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 we follow that story yeah. to its conclusion. We certainly do. And um, I want to say, I think it's an absolutely fantastic title for this book. The Bullet That Missed. Yeah, I think it's a very... Do you know what? This yeah. is... I was... This is... Richard has only said that because in the acknowledgements, my partner Ingrid is in the front <laughs> row came up with the title <laughs> and Richard was just talking to her before we came on stage. Because <laughs> I had a different title, which was yeah. The Third Bullet. 
which it made more sense to the plot at the time. <laughs> I actually had to slightly reverse engineer the plot to make this title work. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think The Bullet, The Mist is a good... Um, I, th- I think it's a very good title, and once you've read the book, it's an even better title, uh, but it's a still a good... It's That's a, the idea. I like all the titles to sort of make you, th- make you sort of ask a question, like, what, why was there a murder club on a Thursday? How could a guy die twice? <laughs> a bullet that missed? That's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Currently trying to come up with a title for the fourth one. It's really hard to come yeah. up with titles. Well, yeah, as, as there's, there's, a, there's a few bits in this book that may have come from your own experience. There's a, there's a game show host and a, and, a, mm. and a game show involved in it, and there's a, an, an author who's, who comes up with quite bad titles for his, for his, books. <laughs> his books. Yeah, there, there's um, like one of Mike Waghorn, the, the news reporters. I'm not, I won't give away any spoilers, I absolutely promise you, but one of his previous co-hosts was this woman called Fiona Clements who's gone on to become a big quiz show host. Uh, and essentially I send Joyce and Elizabeth off to watch her recording her daily quiz show at Elstree Studios, which is where we, um, where, where we do Pointless. Uh, and I say, no spoilers, but they're both carrying a bag, and in Joyce's bag there are fruit pastels, and in Elizabeth's bag there's a gun. <laughs> Apart from that, <laughs> there's no spoilers. But that was fun, that was fun to do. So the, the, the plot is not based around this daytime quiz show, but writing a scene... You know, somewhere essentially, I was writing the, the you know the place where, where I work and thinking how lovely it would be to have Elizabeth and Joyce sort of come to visit. Yeah, uh, and little things like the copy editor, who's always, you know who's the person who says, um, uh, "You say that the nine thirty five Polegate to Victoria train has a trolley. Uh, it doesn't have a trolley <laughs> anymore. Uh, so that's their job." And there's they said, I do, "You say that the uh, the studio is very very cold." Would a would a TV studio really be that cold? <laughs> and I'm, I'm remembering a note back from an edit where they couldn't work out why they couldn't hear the audience. And then they had a shot of the audience and they realised they were all wearing gloves so you couldn't hear them clap. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've been in the, in the Pointless uh-huh. video many times, unsuccessfully. Uh, and so you were, I, th- I think before your most recent thing, you were the, you were the least successful <laughs> contestant in Pointless Celebrities history, is I that right? I don't know if that, that's true. Uh, and it I was think... always my partner's, but one of my partners was my wife, so I can't, I'll, I'll, blame her. <laughs> I'll blame her for that. I, you know, I eventually won it, but, you yeah. know. I was a real, yeah, it was like Rocky. <laughs> it really was. I mean, yeah, I mean the, the open-top bus tour around Kenilworth, <laughs> I think, was a bit much, but... Uh, <laughs> It was, it, was, it was lovely to see. I mean, you know, law of averages, you were going to win eventually. I know. I'm, I am the only person who is both champion of champions of House of Games and Taskmaster, though, so... Wow. Yeah. So How pointless doesn't that. matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and no, if, you want to, if you want a definition of grudging applause... <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> I, I should say, by the way, as we, we, we're talking, Richard, who very kindly uh, agreed to interview me because I love being interviewed by Richard. If you haven't heard his podcast where he interviews loads of people, it's brilliant. But you, you're recording this for your book club podcast. Yes, well, so I, I, do a book, I do a book club version of my podcast, which is me just talking a bit less sillily than usual to authors, usually online. So it's nice to do one face to face. But uh, yeah, we've got some, some, we've had some really good ones and some great ones coming up. Richard Ayawadi's just gone out today. His book is. Fabulous. Let's not talk All about right, other people. Yeah. Wow. Let's, let's not talk about other people. And it's, it's literally just you talking to people called Richard, is that <laughs> it? <right>? Is, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get Dickens on it, but he's, he's not returning my calls. Um, 
Um, well, you write what you know, but also what I'm quite interested in uh, from a writing perspective as mm. well with this is, uh, you know, you write these books re- relatively quickly, but there must be quite a lot of research. So there's a big thing about cryptocurrency mm. in this, in, as a plot in this, which see, you seem to have researched fairly thoroughly unless you knew all about it. Wow, I'm delighted you think that. Because <laughs> uh, I did pretty much none. Uh, I mean, I, I, I do a book a year, yeah. which, which is what most people do, to be honest. You know, Lee, if, I always think if Lee Child does it, I'm going to do it. That's my, <laughs> uh, that's my basic rule of thumb. But also as a, as a TV producer, and you're, you're used to you know, doing shows weekly or some, sometimes daily, the idea you would leave two years between books doesn't... I just think that's crazy. Yeah. I, th- I think if people are enjoying a series, they want the next one as soon as possible. Uh, and, you know, people on Twitter would rather have two a year, and which, which would be impossible. So I try my best. But I, I tend not to do much research, I have to say. And I read once, I read somewhere that Stephen King said he didn't do any research, so I thought, oh, it's okay then. That was a, a huge relief. No, I try and sort of write roughly what I think might happen, right. if that makes sense. So with cryptocurrency, I've listened to some podcasts. I know, you know, I know the names of some... In, in, in the book, Joyce gets into cryptocurrency. Don't ask how. Uh, but, but she does. Um, and, you know, I know, I know bits and bobs about it, but if I'm writing... By and large, and by and large, I'll, I'll try and write for, for for two hours a day if I can. And if I'm writing, I don't want to spend any of that on the internet looking stuff up because if you start looking up cryptocurrency, you know within ten minutes you're looking at old clips of Russ Abbott's Madhouse that you just <laughs> you somehow sort of one thing has led to another. So if I'm writing, I tend to just write. So a few yeah. things I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I research, but stuff like cryptocurrency. I mean, it's also with cryptocurrency, you know, by the time a book comes out, anything specific you've written will have been superseded anyway. Yeah. So you might as well just sort of... But you need to know that, you know, the, the plot involves kind of going back into the past and just, you need to surely know a little bit about how someone would hack into something like that. Or is you Well, I, I, you know, I have to know how, how, how time works for sure. Okay. Yeah, I have to... That I will give you. I looked okay. up, I said, is, was 2014 <laughs> before or after 2022? It was, I found that it was before. I thought, hold on, this fits very nicely with the plot that I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm fascinated in crime anyway, so I read a lot of crime stories. So I know that cryptocurrency essentially is how uh, most real criminals, most real criminals, uh, none of you amateurs, uh, (laughs) is how they wash a lot of their money these days. You know, it's it's such a perfect way to to, to wash money. And, you know, as soon as you know that, actually, you think, oh, that's, I can imagine the infrastructure that yeah. goes around that. You know, if, if there's billions and billions of dollars in that business, you know that there's all sorts of fixers and hangers-on and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, and so I just sort of, I imagine what it might be like. You know? <laughs> but in the same way, I've never murdered anyone. No, well... You know? I, honestly, listen, I know you never believe me. Uh, <laughs> I really have cover. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think sometimes, so long, so, long as, so long as your characters are finding out about things at the same time you are, yeah. I, I don't think... Some novels you read and they'll have like a... It'd be possible in this book to have written a sort of ten-page essay about cryptocurrency and where it's from and stuff like that. And you just think, come on, get on with the action. Yeah, you know that's what that's what I think. I mean, it's, I think the the books become even more enjoyable as you go on because you obviously get into these characters. I think both as the writer and the and the reader. Uh, and I th- that's why I feel this book, it, it, you know, it, it blossoms even for the, the comedy that comes out of it. And I know you're not you're not aiming to really write comedy, but there's some very fun the the the, the scene in the studio where where Elizabeth and Joyce are, in, are interviewing uh, the, the game show host 
asking different kinds of questions is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's extremely fun. funny. It's fun. Thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that because I love, I love crime fiction. I've always read it. Um, and whenever someone does a funny crime book, I've never really got into it because I, I think it sort of takes you outside the story a little bit. So I was always, always very, very careful not to write a funny book. I thought, write a serious book. Whatever you do, don't put any jokes in. And, and I don't think there are actually any jokes in any of the books, but the characters make me laugh so much with the way they react to things. And if you've got these four characters in their 70s and they all approach problems from different places, it's sort of impossible for them not to make you laugh. Yeah. So at no point do I think, oh, here's a setup and here's a joke, ever. I'm writing a very serious book, yeah. and every now and again my characters intervene and say something funny. You think, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if you, send, if, if you send someone into a room, there's, again, there's no spoilers at all. There's a point in this book where someone comes into a room with very evil intent towards one of our characters, uh, and that's a serious scene. But the way that character deals with it and the way that character gets out of trouble it's it, it's quite funny, yeah. Uh, but you know, the scene is not a funny scene. But the character inside the scene, I think, is I think is funny. I read it back sometimes, and it makes me laugh, which I know is terrible. <laughs> I think it'd be because we love the characters and we get into the characters, and the characters are very real. Um, and you know, I think I think what's remarkable about it, and what shouldn't be remarkable about it, is that you you know you, the the four protagonists are all in their seventies or above. Yeah. And and are all real people with real lives who have you know I know who'd have thought yeah. <laughs> who would have, I mean that's the you know the, the question I get asked a lot is you know oh how how do you write from the perspective of someone who's in their late seventies and you think well I mean that you know they're human beings right? <laughs> you know they're just normal people with normal desires and normal you know every yeah. everyone's the same I mean what surrounds us as 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 we age differently of course that changes and the circumstances change but the brain is the same. I mean, you, I mean, of, of all people, your brain is still the same as the 21-year-old Richard Herring, right? I mean, you haven't, you know, you have not matured a great deal, respectfully. But the truth is, none of us have matured. No. You know, and the truth is, all of us want the same thing we always want, which is, which is love, which is friendship, which is adventure, which is a reason to get up in the morning. That's, that's, what, that's what everybody wants. Uh, and so my perspective is, you know, I, I will write about stuff that might happen in your 70s that wouldn't happen in your 40s, but... You, the brain is the same yeah. you know you know the, the motivation is the same and so I, I i i find it i just i mean they're, they're just characters to me sure rather than old characters of course and you know and it makes sense of course you know if you happen to get these four people together who'd had these pasts yeah. they would make the perfect ancient a-team well, that's i mean they are the eighty. i mean i yeah. you know i love <laughs> i love a gang and everyone loves gangs and and, and when you're writing as well to to, to write a um you know, if you're writing a crime plot and you only have one detective, you're sort of... Well, I mean, listen, I haven't done it, and I'm not about to. But to have four detectives means you can... Any problem that comes along, I can give it to any one of those four. And I know if something happens, uh, Ibrahim would deal with it in a different way to Ron, and Ron would deal with it in a different way to Elizabeth, uh, certainly. Um, and it's lovely for me to think, whose brain do I want to be in today? Mm -hmm. You know, and to, and to write a character from that perspective. And knowing that the four of them can bicker but they've always got each other's backs you know it's such a lovely you know it's just it's lovely to write a gang who love each other yeah 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 and there's a moment of tension between two of the characters there and don't want where we a sort of surprising thing happens that is out of character yeah uh, and it's really interesting to see how the other characters react to, to that well that's so, the lovely thing yeah. and the more you know you know that i, I try to think all the time about 
funnily enough, I'm, I'm just writing the new one at the moment, and so this, this will highlight what, 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 what I want to say about it, which is the new one starts on Boxing Day. Yeah. Right, so, we, so we begin on Boxing Day, and in Joyce's first diary, we discover what everyone bought each other for Christmas. Uh, and it's lovely to know all those different connections, Joyce to Ibrahim, Ibrahim to Ron, Ron to Elizabeth, Elizabeth to Joyce, and write what presents they would get each other and understand the very particular nature of their friendships. It's such a lovely thing to be able to have and to be able, and to, and to, be able to play with. Uh, and that chapter, I have to say, is one of the most bits of fun I've ever had <laughs> writing uh, any Thursday Murder Club stuff, just thinking, I won't tell you what they got each other for Christmas, but I was really making myself laugh, which, again, is terrible. <laughs> but in my defence, they were making me laugh by yeah. what they bought each other. Well, but, I'll, well, tell you, I'll tell you one thing, okay. I'll, I'll tell you one thing only, which is Ibrahim bought uh, Elizabeth John Ronson's book, The Psychopath Test. <laughs> But you have to, that's a secret. No one must know that. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's an exclusive from the, from, from the next book. But it feels like the character, I mean, especially Joyce, who does write part of the book, it feels like they write themselves at this point as well. You've, you know them so well that it feels like you could... I think with Joyce, it feels like you just... I wish. Yeah. Uh, it's true, Joy, Joy, Joyce is certainly... If, if ever I'm stuck or if ever, if ever I, I sort of think, oh, I can't write today, I'll sit down and write a Joyce chapter because she has no, she has no filter at all. And to write, that's rather lovely because she can be talking about Holmes under the hammer. Then she's talking about her Hoover. Then she's got a theory about the murder, uh, you know. And then she's got to go to the shops. And then she's got a problem with Joanna. And she's she's very happy to write all that down yeah. as a stream of consciousness. Um, and it's, she's a she's it's a great way to to hide clues as well. Is the truth yeah. because I, I I love being in her head so much. And because she's always going from one thing to another. Just in, in the cracks sometimes, you can, you can give a little something away yeah. that, uh, that nobody notices. Sure. And it mentioned, in talking of that, I mean, these, obviously these books are now international uh, and uh, really all over the world, uh, but it's of such a, a British mm. sensibility. And, and the reference of Moonpig uh, mentioned, I mean, yes. they, that might be international, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Claudia Winkleman, how, how, do the, how does, <laughs> how does a, a reader in Korea or wherever yeah, it's, uh, deal it's, with, it's, with those references? It's, it's, it's a very good question. I'm, I, I always find it bizarre that they're, that they're successful elsewhere because, as you say, they're very British. But then, you know, if I read a Japanese book, I want it to be really authentically Japanese. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to be, you know, writing something that I, I might understand or a Brazilian book. My daughter who reads Chinese, and she's reading the Chinese version of the book, and she said, I've got to tell you, she said, it's... it's the best bit of the whole book is they have endless footnotes explaining what lilt Oliver Bonus. <laughs> so they literally just sort of explain away what, what all of these different things uh, are. And and the Americans always just the Americans always just have a few little notes. Like they, the one thing that really really upset them, they were like, ah, we've missed. This is in the, this was in the first one, and they said we've we've missed a part of the plot here because um, you say at one point and we can't we. We just don't see another reference to it for the rest of the book. You say that Ron goes for a slash in the woods. <laughs> so I had to explain what having a slash in the woods was <laughs> to our American cousins. I never saw what they changed it to. They had to change it to something. <laughs> a waz? What do they say in America? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's, uh, there's nothing. There's no equivalent. It's the one thing that's the one thing untranslatable. They've forgotten this. There's, there's, <laughs> in, this uh, in, in, in this new book... Uh, there's, there's, there's not in this new book, in, in, in the bullet, the mist. There's, a, I love writing Ron. I adore Ron. Uh, and again, I'm, you're always thinking, what? 
I need to get across a certain amount of information in a, in, in a chapter, say. And the, the key with any chapter is the story has to be fundamentally different at the end of the chapter than it was at the start of the chapter. That's sort of the only rule. And you know where you're headed, which is the end of the book, and just all the way through, just move, move, move it on. And you, you have the fun of thinking, well, where, where do I set this chapter? I know the information I need to get across. I know if I need to introduce a character or whatever it is. Or, or just, and uh, I, I, I made Ron go for a couple's massage, because I knew he would be so deeply uncomfortable. And I knew as well, one of the key things with writing is when, when can you get inside a character's head? When are they quiet? Uh, and so Ron sort of has this 45-minute massage, and he realises right at the beginning, like, which to him is torture. But he realises he's going to have to think about something. He goes, oh, no, literally, I've got to take my mind off it. And so actually he's able to go through the story and go through the plot and take you through a little bit and bob. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's, that's the lovely thing is when you've got these characters is whatever information you need to get across is thinking what's the most fun way, what's the most entertaining way I get this across? Who, which character is going, to, is going to give me the most fun today? Yeah. And, and I think another very enjoyable thing about the, the series and for regular readers uh, is the continuation so that there's there's characters from the previous books yeah. that will turn up in this one? Yeah, uh, and I've, I've a feeling maybe some characters from this book will turn up in the yeah, in the next one. I think one. so too. Uh, so it, 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 that that's that's sort of and there's some sort of loose ends and there's always a few loose yeah. ends that, that kind of to pick well, up. Well, from well the like next it's, one. it's it's interesting with, with with the Thursday Murder Club because I, the one thing I don't want it to be is is um is you know Murder She Wrote. God bless. Angela Lansbury, uh, you know, that's, I don't want it to be the murder of the week. I don't want them to wake up in the morning and, you know, there's, there's a body on the bowls lawn. Yep. And so I have to sort of uh, write the books as if what happened in the first book essentially means that everything that happens in the next four books happens. You know, it just yep. sets into chain, you know, this, 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 this series of events. Uh, and so, yeah, ev- everything that happens in the first book leads to the second book, leads to the third book. And it means that, yeah, characters keep coming back in and also because i love writing if ever i bring in a new character you know my 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 thing is always if i gave this to an actor and even if it's two scenes where they say oh i'd love to play that character even if it's minor so i'm always trying to 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 make the, the minor characters interesting but it does mean they're sort of they are collecting other people like a snowball running downhill yeah and you know in the first week you know there's the four of them and then bogdan joins them and then Donna and Chris, who are, the, who are the cops, join them. And then there's a character called Connie Johnson, who's a local drug dealer. And she's sort of in this book, is co-opted <laughs> into the gang. And you think, okay. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think it makes sense. Uh, and you know, there's another character in this book, um, an, an old um, uh, adversary of, of, of Elizabeth's. In fact, that's, a, that, that's another thing. So I, I introduced this guy, and he's called, he's called Victor Ilyich, and he's a former KGB colonel, and Elizabeth knew him from many, many, many years ago. And I won't say what involvement he has in the plot, but there's the scene where we first meet him. So Victor's real special skill is he's not a violent man, but he can persuade anyone of anything, right? He's just a good talker. You know, if you get him into a room, he can persuade you of anything. And in writing, you can never say, you can't just say, and the thing about Victor is he's really persuasive. You know, you have to show it somehow. Yeah. And I think, how do I, how do you show that somebody can persuade anyone, literally anyone of anything? What's the ultimate challenge? And so the first time we meet him, uh, he is essentially on hold on the phone trying to get Virgin Media to send someone (laughs) round to fix his broadband that afternoon yeah. is the thing. <laughs> and by the end of the scene, 
you see that he's uh, you, you see he's managed it. Yeah. And then I think from then on, you, you just think, okay, I listen, you can say whatever you like now. <laughs> I believe you that this man can get anyone to do anything. Yes. Uh, and it, it's uh, so yeah, those 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 uh, those minor characters. So like Bogdan, for example, who 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 I absolutely love, um, and um, he has quite a big storyline in this uh, in in this book, the bullet that missed. He was literally he had two lines in one scene in the first book. Yeah. Right, the, the, I was just writing a scene where I wanted to show that the, the bad guy, a guy called Ian Ventham, a property developer, I wanted to show that he was a wrong one. And I was doing that by the fact he was stiffing his builder. He wasn't paying him enough. Uh, and the builder was this guy, Bogdan. And, but then Bogdan said, like, like, one line in that scene, complete, because, you know, you just write it sometimes, it's sort of unexpected. And I thought, oh, you, wow, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. You're an interesting character. And then he became, sort of like, a major part of that book. And he's been, now he's, like, the, the fifth Beatle. But sometimes it is just, you know, stories sort of start telling themselves sometimes. And, and, and it's, but the, whenever an ancillary character comes in, I'm like, I just want them to, to leap off the page immediately. Yeah, well, I, I love that you write that way. And it's, I think, as, again, any people who are interested in writing, because obviously some novelists will plan everything out and know exactly where they're going. And it feels like, not that you don't know anything about where you're going, but it feels like you are, you're being surprised by the action as much as anyone else. Yeah, I think so. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not something considered, really. I, I have quite a short attention span, is the truth. Uh, and, you know, my focus is not everything that it might be. Uh, and so what I like to... Yeah, I do like to surprise myself. I like to know where I'm going. Like, like in a TV format, I like to know, look, at the end, someone's going to get the trophy. Not Richard, but somebody <laughs> uh, is going to get the trophy. Uh, but on the way, yeah, I need to constantly entertain myself. And so I don't have any, you know, um, I don't have any flow charts on the wall or, or post-it notes or anything like that. I usually have an idea of what my next five scenes are going to be and, then, you know, what direction that, you know, we're heading in. And I usually know that there's tent poles I have to hit along the way. But by and large, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just sort of trying to entertain myself on the story. Because, again, we, we know the deal, which is... a there's a murder at the end. I'm going to tell you who did it. So we all we're all in on that, um, by and large. Uh, so on the way, I just want to go in as scenic a way as possible, sure. you know. And I want to ask as many questions as possible. And I want you to. I want everyone to be a suspect, and you know, I want everyone to be a relevant suspect. Uh, and so it's you. You have to have a little bit of flexibility i think yeah if, if, if you know the whole thing all the way through you're just filling in i think that would be it would bore me i think yeah to do that i would find that difficult and, and i think because you have so this there's it's never just one mystery in any of these books there's always four or five yeah. things that intellect so even if as a reader you almost hit on oh yeah. i think i know what happened there you're you'll sort of be blown out <laughs> blown out the water by the other yeah thing, so. that's the idea and, yeah. and, and i always think if, if you if you love the characters then actually you're sort of not paying quite enough attention. You know, you're not, you can make people not pay attention sure. to who did it sometimes yeah. because they're enjoying what's going on. And, you know, because some people are brilliant and they, they work out everything. And so those people, I, I need them to take their eye off the ball a tiny bit every now and again. And so there's certain scenes you can put in there that you just think, oh, maybe that will distract them for long enough that they, uh, that they won't work out what's happened. But that's the lovely, you know, the lovely thing about crime fiction is, is seeding those little clues. You know, because, you know, there's... There is a rule, you know, I have to tell you who did it. Like, it has to be, like, at the end, I can't go, oh, he had a twin. Oh, sorry, did I, yeah, it was, so he had a twin brother, and that, that, that's how he did it. The solution has to be in plain sight yeah. all the way through. And so I sort of, the job of hiding that and of suggesting it might be other people, but giving you the concrete evidence it is one person, is, is the fun of writing and the fun of reading crime fiction, I think. It's that dance that people play, and, you know, there's just... 
using the sort of the memes of previous crime writers to kind of throw people off scent. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's such a joy to do. And I've, I've, you've, I'm, I'm fascinated by the sky pool that you talk, you, you talk about quite a lot in this book. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to come back in any future books, but it was, it's, what, was that just something that uh, annoyed you? There's a, there's a swimming pool that's been made between two buildings that's see-through. Yeah. Have you seen that on Twitter? In London, they've got these two big residential buildings on the South Bank, and there's a swimming pool in the sky built between these two things. But it's literally right next to the Penguin headquarters. <laughs> you've got the new Penguin headquarters, you've got the American embassy, and then you've got this sky swimming pool. Uh, and when I saw it, I just thought, well, that's what a great place for somebody to live. Yeah. You know, that's just fun. Uh, and, yeah, there, there is, it, it does sort of crop up as a, as, as, as a motif. But it's, um, yeah, it's, only, it was, it's literally because it's... it's I looked out, I was visiting my publishers, and I looked up and there it was. And I quite, I tend to pick up things from my everyday and put them in the book. If yeah. Anything in the book is probably something I looked at the day before. <laughs> because it gives, them a, it gives them a currency. It does, think, it does. Not topical or anything like that, but I love to write about, there's a bit where, where, where they're going up to the TV studio, funnily enough, uh, and, and Joyce comments that the WH Smiths at Blackfriars Station must be the smallest <laughs> WH Smiths in the country. And it's only because I'd been there like the previous day, and I thought, this is tiny. And the lovely thing about Joyce is if I think that... I know that she's going to think it as well, yeah, right? and, <laughs> and she would she, she would reference it. I can just imagine that swimming pool full of blood, though, Richard. That's what I was. I was oh yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that doesn't happen, but that would be that would be a I mean, yeah, lovely thing the, to see, wouldn't it? In the that, do you know what that would be a lovely <laughs> thing to see, yeah. now I think about it. Yes, it, yes. How uh, how delightful because it's also that it is that symbol of sort of privilege. It's just yeah. as you sort of say. It's I think maybe it was in the tweet or maybe it was in the book. It's just sort of showing off. At, arrogance about wealth more than anything isn't it it's, yeah I think, and, I, think, and, I think Elizabeth and, yeah because Joyce is very 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 impressed with it yeah and, and, <laughs> and Elizabeth says it's just money plus engineering yes you that's know? it, that's it. Uh, as well as it being very funny you are able to re- you know there's some very moving stuff in there that didn't make me cry but I, I know a lot of readers have said that, they may, that, that there's bits you of it cried that, a I did little cry. bit yeah well you know but you talk about the, the Elizabeth's husband uh, is, was suffering from dementia mm. or heading that way and um, it's, it's a, there's some very moving stuff about that and everyone I think has experienced that in their life to, to some degree as well it's, it's yeah such, I think a common so thing now. And, and you know and, and I genuinely think look it's love it's, it's all well and good saying oh I've got these four heroes they're in their 70s aren't they great haven't they done terrific and you know it's there's there's an awful lot of fun there is the truth there's an awful lot of fun writing about people who perhaps care less about consequences than they they used to so you know i get a lot of benefit of these characters being older uh and 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 but i think i i think i have to earn that by telling the truth about actually what it is like to be older sometimes so i think i can have all of that fun and i can you know i can sit here and say oh everyone likes mischief and adventure and new friendships but then you know you have to understand that you know like when ibrahim is mugged in the previous book and he he feels incapable of going out stephen's dementia you know grief you know there's everyone has had loss uh you have to write about that otherwise you can't have the other stuff you can't have the fun stuff because without that, because otherwise it's a fantasy and sure. no one wants to read that. And so I, I try and make it as true as possible. And if, and if I do that, I have to write about what happens, you know, at, at that age. And, you know, I, I talk to my mum and, you know, she lives in a, in a, in a retirement village and I, I, I chat to people. And, you know, the spirit is sensational. It's amazing. But then, you know, you know my mum will say, look, there's ambulances here every two or three days. So that, you, you can't write about one without writing about the other, I don't think. No. But, that, but that's, you know, again, it's such a linchpin of it is it is this... 
ever-present fear of death, either by being murdered or just time yeah. running out. And that's, you know, that when you ch- when you came upon this idea and just it sort of, it sort of fell into your lap in a way, you, you know, and, and you suddenly realise, bang, this is it. It is such a strong idea. Well, that yeah, that, that's it. You know, I'd, always, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd been waiting to write a, a, a crime novel for a long time, uh, you know, and I'd sort of just about had, had the time on my hands finally. And, yeah, when I had the idea, again, after, after a lifetime in TV... You do, you know, where everything is ideas. I mean, every day, that's literally my job was to go into the office and think of ideas. You know, that's all, that's, that's all I did for a whole career. And, and you do eventually get to understand the sound of an idea that's got something to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you sit with it and, you know, you wake up the next morning, you still think, no, that's, you know what, that's still got something. Uh, and, you know, having made loads of TV shows where you know that the idea is sort of meaningless because you're going to have to make it. And so the idea has got to be strong. You're going to have to be able to bounce up and down on this idea and really test it and put it in every direction. And it's always still got to work. It's the thing that, you know, TV teaches you. And with the Thursday Murder Club, the moment I had the idea, I sort of felt, I can write about this for a very, very long time. I can see who the characters are going to be. I can see what motivates them. I can see, you know, I can see what's going to happen. And so, yes, as soon as I had it, I think a a lifetime of experience said, oh, that's got, you know, sort of the ring of confidence to it. Uh, Talking of your knowledge of game shows, do you think the game show within the book is called uh, Stop the Clock? Do you think it would... Do you think it would fly as a TV format? I mean, I always, you know, wouldn't it be fun if it did? Yeah. In, in, uh, in, uh, again, I, I, I had fun with with, uh, with Joyce explaining the rules of stop the clock to Elizabeth on their way up because Joyce is a firm fan of it. Uh, and and yeah, I mean that's, I mean that I, I sort of remember roughly what the rules were, but I wrote that sentence like in one go. Right. You know, I didn't sit down and think, how would you? What would this be like? I just sort of thought of all of those meetings where I've had to sort of make stuff up you know, on the hoof, which occasionally you have to, when, when they hate your first idea. Uh, and you have to go, oh, no, I've got another one. It's called Stop the Clock Now. Uh, everyone's got 60 seconds. Um, you know, well, it, it has internal logic. Yeah. I mean, if, if we had to make a pilot of it tomorrow, we could make it, that's for sure, okay. uh, if, if, if you're available. All right, I'll come, I'll, I'll come in. You've talked me into it. Um, I, I read in an interview that uh, people often shout Helen Mirren at you in the street, which must be confusing for... Passersby, certainly if you don't know me, I'm, yeah. it, it beats shouting pointless at me in the street. That's, that's the thing I never, you know, having pointless shouted at you and then people not knowing who you are, and them going, I wonder what that guy's story is. Um, yeah, every, every, everyone likes to cast the film, that's for sure. Um, uh, and that's being cast for real this very second, right? Which is very, very exciting. Helen Mirren, uh, I, I couldn't possibly comment. Okay. No. I know one name who's in the frame, but I can't. I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, I, can't, no, I can't say. I can't say anything more. But it's really exciting. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's been cast at the moment. So ho- hopefully they'll film it next year. But no, it's it's, it's a really fun film to, to cast in your head. Yeah. My mum wants Pauline Collins. That's her. That's her mate. Pauline Collins and Penelope Wilton is who is who my mum wants. But I'll tell you something else about my mum. She is not Steven Spielberg. So <laughs> <does> not <matter. laughs> It does not matter what my it mum thinks. It would explain thinks. a lot if she was Stephen Spielberg. That yeah. would I'm explain your rise to fame. It was, we were, I did a, I did a, I, I don't do many of, 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 of these events. I'm not, not doing many this year because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to write. But I always come back to Cheltenham because I love it. And it's, it's always such fun here. But I also did my, my local book festival where I grew up. which is um, I grew up in a town called Haywards Heath. And it's the Cookfield Book Festival, which is, the, which is um, uh, where my school was, the next village along. Uh, and it was the first time my mum had been to a, a book event. And 
she at the end of it got more selfies than I did. <laughs> she is, she's been on the news. She's been on the one show. It's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. That whole, in fact, that whole community are absolutely milking it. I've got to say, <laughs> they are they are shocking. But it's it was it, it was so it was so lovely, and and th- that was one that I, I, I suspect it won't happen here. Don't forget to send your questions in, by the way. But almost all the questions at the end were now. My daughter was at school with you, and she says, <laughs> "I thought, wow, that's uh, that's very different to a normal book event." It was fun, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was it was actually my mum and her and her four mates sitting in the front row. They've been drinking. They've been. <laughs> I did want to say, you see, people don't believe me when I say you're real. Look at you. <laughs> it is lovely. So yeah, so. I mean, you're not going to write the films, you're handing the films over. Are they going to, is it, it's still going to be set in the UK, though, right? Or it is still going to be yeah. set in the UK, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's still going to be very British. All the actors might not necessarily be English actors, but they'll all be doing English accents, Great. that's for sure. So. Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke! Oh. Dick Van Dyke as Ron! Dick... <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. In, in like two years' time, we'll be on the red carpet. And they go, what, how, how did Dick Van Dyke become Ron? I go, do you know what? It's Richard Herring. It's just uh, a snowball from there. Um, no, I, I, I let them write that because I've, I've got to get on with writing the fourth book. Yeah. It's the truth, which, which, which I'm so far behind with. You wouldn't believe it. It's so weird because th- when the book comes out, you're always doing the next one. Uh, and so, you know, it's so lovely to have this out, and, and, and the reaction's been amazing. I'm so thrilled with it. But, you know, then, then you've got to go home and go, oh, man, I'm, <laughs> I should be on 24,000 words, and I'm on 9,000 words, and my agent's not in it. No, that's fine. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a fair bit behind. But I've got the story. Yeah. I've got the story. And there's some fun new characters in, uh, in the next one as well. And as you say, there's some people that are coming back from this one. That's good. I, mean, I like the fact that you, you know, the, the, you're not very judgmental about the evil characters, or the, mm. or the bad characters, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and you seem to feel there's, there's a chance of almost redemption for, for everyone. For some people. Well, I think you know, it's, it's, it's up to readers, isn't it, yeah. who, who they like and don't like. You know, as, as, as a, as a, you know so Connie Johnson, who, who, she is awful, you know, and she is a, she's a drug dealer and that's pernicious and we understand that uh and you know she's done bad things and she she hurts people but um she's really fun to write uh and in 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 this new book uh i i, I did want her to come back because I, I i do find a, an interesting character certainly a character who's who's, who's capable of, uh, of of redemption um so in this new book um i sort of for various reasons uh she becomes a client of ibrahim's and he gives her therapy uh, and those scenes are just fabulous to write because, like all therapists, Ibrahim is getting therapy at the same time, is the truth. And so you get Ibrahim and Connie Johnson, two very different people from very different places. They have stuff to deal with with the plot, so that's good. They're doing that. But also you're sort of getting to know them both really well and what they think about the fundamental idea of you know, good and evil yeah. and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've you know... If there's no redemption, there's nothing, right? No, and it's great because she's, you know, she's want, she wants revenge because obviously yeah. she's been she's in prison, but you still kind of like her. So it's yeah. a, it's a very well written you kind of thing. Well, it's fun. I mean, she's saying so, just so you know, I am when I the second I get out, I am going to kill your friend Ron. Uh, and Ibrahim's going. I mean, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why you want to do that. And that's that's quite a fun scene. That's quite a fun scene to write. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Right, let's go to some questions uh, from the audience before I forget. I did see a good one from James I can't find now, but uh, will you be appearing in the Spielberg film in any way? Will, will, will there be a cameo? I don't, think, I don't think I can do is the truth, because I, th- I, think that, I think if you're watching in the cinema and you'd get people going, why is the guy from Pointless working for Kent Police? <laughs> this is weird. So I, 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 I don't think I would love to be. I don't think I can do. I think maybe my mum can be. Although I said to my mum, because all her friends want to be in it, right? They've yeah. all said, "Oh, we would like to be in it." My mum is a bit. My mum's a bit too cool for school sometimes. She said, "Well, I don't know if I'd want to. Would I have to wait around all day?" I'd be like, <laughs> "What to be in a Steven Spielberg movie? Yeah, you might, uh, there might be some waiting around." Whilst, yeah, uh, and then she said, "Well, can they? Is there a way?" They could do uh, like a CGI, like a hologram of me, so I could be in it, but I wouldn't have to be there. I was like, "I mean, come on, mum." Uh, so I, I, I don't think I don't think I would be in it, no. but hopefully my mum and many of her friends would be in it. That would be fun. That would be nice. Well, I liked it in Paddington. Michael Bond was in Paddington, just uh, raising a glass. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you have to die really for that to work. Well, listen, who, who yeah. knows? Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Rebecca asked, and we sort of covered this, but it's, it is something that I'm sure you think about. How many murders in this retirement village before it becomes too unbelievable? Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is that actually, that the murders aren't really in the retirement village no. anymore. If you know what I mean, yeah. the whole thing started because there was a murder in the retirement village, and that's why the four of them become this gang, and that's what brings them into um, uh, you know the ambit of, of, of the police of Chris and Donna. Uh, and in the first book, obviously Elizabeth is asking a lot of favors from the security services, which leads to a lot of the things that that, that happen in, in 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 the second book. So yeah, I I, I think that's the perfect question because you you don't want their just to be murders in that village because it, it's statistically impossible. Yes. Uh, and so right from the beginning of the first one, uh, I knew that we were going to move outside. And th- in this fourth one, there is not... Thus far, there is not a murder in the village either. Okay. There's a murder very early on, which I, which, which I just wrote, um, but, but not in the village. It's someone we know. It's someone we've met before, that's for sure. Wow. But it's not someone in the village. Yeah. 
And it does make sense. And, you know, I think the Secret Service past, especially of Elizabeth, yeah. absolutely makes sense of it all. And, and that's sort of the, that, that's the linchpin of it, is really, isn't it? That, but that but again, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing of trying to be truthful. So in, in the first book, you have all the fun of Elizabeth, you know, ringing up people who used to be in MI6 and getting them to come and dig graves in the, in, in the countryside. And you think, oh, that's fun. Oh, her old mates have turned up and there's an 80-year-old pathologist and all of this. But I was thinking, but yeah, but if she actually did do that that would put her on someone's radar yeah. is the truth. You can't yeah. sort of do, you know, someone would kind of go, oh, you know that Elizabeth, you know, who retired 15 years ago, you know that she's using some of our resources. Yeah. Uh, and the second you do that, of course, the security services will say, well, we've done you a favour. I wonder if you might like to do us a favour, which is, which is essentially the start of the, uh, of, of the second book. So, you know, that's the idea, is, is that there's, nothing's there just for comic effect. You know, if, if they do something, you know, it has to have consequences. Mm. And I like the fact that Elizabeth makes a mistake, an understandable mistake in this, in this one. So she's not, yeah. she's not, like, perfect. Every, you know, often when you watch those TV detective things, the detectives all yeah. know who's done it before it starts. Almost the only person who never makes a mistake in these books is Bogdan. He's, yeah. he's, almost, <laughs> he's almost the omnicom person yes. but even he in this, in this book is, is, is a little bit more vulnerable which is great and i love i love particularly joyce's delight when elizabeth does something wrong in fact all three of them their delight <laughs> when she gets something wrong is uh, is, is lovely to write uh vic and rod say we named our caravan joyce in honor of your famous wow. character wow that's uh, cool see that's a good way to get your question read out yeah it just the question's no good uh <laughs> <laughs> which ca- no it is good actually which character do you think is most like you we think elizabeth Wow, wow. I mean, no offence taken. Because uh, I thought Bogdan, really. Was, um, it's, it, it's, it's a really good question. And, and, and it's, you know, when people say, are they based on anyone? And I, I do think the four of them are, are, are sort of the four quadrants of my brain is the truth. And when, when people talk about characters in writing, people say, how do I make my characters different to each other? And I always think all, all four of those characters are me. But if I'm writing an Ibrahim chapter, I just go into the bit of me that, you know, sort of worries a bit too much and likes to put things in lists. You know, I just go into that bit of my brain. Uh, and if I'm Joyce, I just go into the kind of, ah, oh, I'm just relaxing in front of the snooker and I'm just going to write something. Um, so I think, I think all four of them are very like me. If I was most like one of them, I, I, it's probably a mix between Joyce and Ibrahim would be where I am. I would love to be like Elizabeth, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have her her certainty no. of character. Which I mean, who do you think is the best character, and is it Joyce? Because it is. Well, I th- listen. <laughs> my 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 favourites change day by day. Is the truth. Usually, my favourite character. Pe- people sometimes say, "Is it is is, is it fun? You know, are, are these things fun to write?" Which which is a really good question. And every writer will tell you, it's not nothing. It's not really fun to write anything. It's the truth. Because writing a book is really hard. But then I have really really thought about it, and actually, almost all the bits that end up on the page are the bits that were fun to write. That's the truth. The days where you're thinking, I'm loving spending time in the, in, in, in the companies of these characters. Yeah. That's the stuff that ends up on the page. Uh, and that's usually when you're thinking, I absolutely love this character. You know, and so I, God, I have differences all the time. Jo- Joyce is my, is, my most fun to, is my most fun to write. Okay. Uh, Patrick asks, what, I think there might have seen two people asking this question, what did Joyce say to Ibrahim to persuade him to leave the house and the man who died twice? Oh, well, that's the that's the point, isn't it? Is uh, is that's that's uh, that's Joyce's secret. She's got to have, she's writing a diary for you. She's got to have some little secrets. Uh, and I think the reason I don't say what she says is that scene is about what friendship is, and it's about true friends, and it's about when somebody is telling you 
that their life has gone wrong and they you can't they can't do anything about it and it's probably best just to leave them alone and you know they'll be fine they'll be fine that a really true friend a good friend knows the thing to say and that's what that scene is it's yeah. essentially just saying it's it's showing you that those two that Joyce really understands Ibrahim and that Ibrahim really trusts Joyce that that's that's what that scene is is saying yeah but what does she what does he say then <laughs> <laughs> She says they're, they're doing three frazzles for a pound. In the, uh... <laughs> um, uh, well, this, there's a little bit of controversy over this, I think, incorrectly. Uh, I love Le- Leslie Manville's narration on the first two audiobooks. Yeah. Where did she go? She, she went to the crown. Right. Uh, no, she, she was literally all, all set up and ready to go, and the, the, the crown moved their, moved their filming forward. Isn't she Princess Margaret uh, in the crown? Uh, she's amazing, Leslie. But Fiona Shaw is Fiona's best mate and also is incredible, you know, and is, has been in, you know, Harry Potter and Bond and, you know, uh, Killing Eve and, 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 and everything. Uh, and so Fiona Shaw literally the next day said, I would love to, I'll take over the mantle. And I think she's amazing. They're both amazing. Um, but, you know, those things, you, you can't do anything about it. You no. know, if if, uh, if if the crown comes calling, yes. you know, you, you, you sort of have to. And she was gutted and we were gutted. But, uh, you know, Fiona is absolutely amazing that, yeah pe- people don't like you know and people don't like change i get it they don't but also the not everything works as an audiobook and i think these books really work yeah. as audiobooks and you know I, i've I, all three of them i've i've listened to rather than read myself and it's a really great way they're, they're both fantastic i think yeah i know yeah i think she's amazing but i do you know i get it i don't i don't like it when things change but so you know certainly i'll tell you who, who would complain ibrahim <laughs> he, would, he wouldn't like that joyce would be absolutely fine joyce would say oh i for the first two minutes i didn't like it at all and then I thought, do you know what? She's actually terrific. Elizabeth would say, oh, get over yourself. She's wonderful. Uh, but Ibrahim would say, I just, I think if you have the same narrator for the first two, I think it's very, very important to have that consistency. And were it me, I would have simply put back the audiobook release for a month or so so that Leslie Manville could have kept doing it. So I think that's uh, what he would have said. I was like, just delighted that Fiona Shaw said yes, because she's such a hero of mine. Uh, right, this person has re- remained anonymous, and I'm not surprised because uh, they're yeah. ashamed of themselves. Is it wrong that Alan the dog is one of my favourite characters? Oh, you couldn't, you could, you could not be more correct. And again, that's that. It, it's it's so lovely having Alan. Firstly, I, you know, it's wonderful to have a dog, and it really does make them the the the, the famous five. Um, but I love having very. You can have a really serious scene where everyone is upset with each other, or you know, something very serious is going on, and just it just means that every sort of ten lines or so, someone can just say, "Not now, Alan." And and it just it gives it it sort of it sort of gives it a truth, you know. And it, and it, and it's uh, no, I love I love to have Alan. He, he's ironically very a very humanising character, Alan. <laughs> Good. Uh, okay, this is from Lindsay. Lindsay, um, I mean, this is quite this is quite an interesting point. Uh, Ian Rankin said earlier today that police detective novels are dying and being replaced by yours. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to Ian in the, in the green room, and uh, he, he is a fan of yours, so I don't think it's quite as blunt as that. Uh, how does that make you feel? And I guess that, you know, I know this, this has been... Uh, this is an accusation that's always levelled at a sort of a celebrity coming in and joining any genre of writing. Um, yeah, I, listen, nothing dies, is the truth. No. You know, and, and uh, you know, five years ago, the only thing you were allowed to write was sort of psychological thrillers with an unreliable narrator. And that's when I started writing Thursday Murder Club, which is completely different <laughs> to anything that was being written at the time, is the truth. You know, lots of police procedurals, lots of, you know, 
but very dark, um, you know, who, who do you believe type books. And I, I wanted to write something different. Um, and, you know, it, it's been different. And I guess in, 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 in the wake of it that there will be other books like it, but that's not my responsibility. I'll keep writing the ones that I love. Now, the lovely thing about the crime community really is because I've been involved in it for, for years and I've always been at the crime conventions and, you know, seeing Ian and Mark Billingham and Val McDermott, all these brilliant people, they so immediately understood that I wasn't, like a Johnny come lately who was trying to, you know, the truth is if you were trying to make a quick buck, you would not write a crime novel. It's really hard. Yeah. You know, it's not, you have to really, really, really want to is the truth. And so I've, I've, I've been so fortunate that they've, they've all been fabulous. And, you know, and he has been slightly, he's not been disingenuous. That, that sounds rude, but he knows that he's selling more books than ever <laughs> because, <laughs> because people are loving crime fiction now. Yeah. And Ian, I think is a, absolute genius and i've read rebus forever uh and the fact that you know he's just got these huge number one hits every year and you know it's lovely to see but more and more and more people are, are, are reading crime fiction uh and you know i i, I think he recognizes that a, a rising tide raises all ships but um yeah listen pe- pe- people will tire of 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 sort of amateur detectives in a few years and want the police procedurals back i mean you know everything goes in and out of fashion but at the moment yeah these these amateur detectives are having a moment but none of it apart from my books is my responsibility no you know i just do i'll do my bit other people can write books if they want to and but i'll just keep doing the thing that that that, that i would love to read and the worldwide sort of sales suggest that pointless isn't necessarily yeah all exactly. the, <laughs> the people are buying it i was gonna say yeah when, when, when it was interesting is when, when yeah when, when when we were first going out for to, to say that I did worry a tiny bit. I mean, I knew that I, you know, I knew I love crime fiction. I knew I knew I'd, I'd always been a writer. But when the Germans bought it before the Brits bought it, I thought, oh, okay, that's all right, because they have no, literally, no idea how, who who I am. They just read yeah. the book, loved the book, loved the story, loved the characters. And then when Spielberg came in and bought the rights, you just think, oh, maybe it's okay. That's the thing that sort of gave me some gave, that, 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 that uh, gave me some uh, confidence. But yeah, the, the next thing I'm going to write is a is a, is, a, is a police procedural, Ian. Sorry. <laughs> uh, set, set, set in Brighton, Nick. Well, I am going to write a, a, a sort of slightly more, uh, a, a slightly more traditional detective story next. Right, but it won't it won't be a police procedural. But I love a police procedural. Yeah. So you're going to do a fourth Thursday murder club, and then and then a new new. Yeah. This, fourth, this is the new thing. Fourth Thursday murder club. There, there will be other Thursday murder clubs in future. I'm not stopping them. I just want to do the first four as, as a sort of a quartet, uh, and then then try something else. So I'm, I'm doing something about uh, a detective agency, really. I mean, as I said, and about the question about how many murders can you have in in in, in the village. You know, having these unconventional detectives is hard. So I, I wanted to write a, a conventional detective story because in that story, you, you can have your main character, your detective, sitting behind a desk and someone can literally knock on the door and say, here's your plot. Here's the plot for this book, which is a really, really lovely thing to have because you can go anywhere there and you, you can explore anything. Uh, and so it, it's, uh, it's, it's essentially about a, a detective duo, a, a, a private investigator duo, who are, who are a father-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And the father-in-law is an ex-cop and the daughter-in-law is a close protection officer for sort of billionaires. That, that's her world. And she brings him into her world. So they, 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 they essentially sort of go around the world serving, solving murders that, that no one else can. He very reluctantly because he just wants to sit at home and, you know, do the pub quiz on a Tuesday afternoon. But uh, it's, so it's, it's about a, a sort of reluctant detective duo. Right. That's great. Well, I, I love the fact in, in this book that uh, there's one joke, and I don't want to ruin it, but there's a joke that for fans of 
the series mm. and, and who know the history of the series will really enjoy it. It's towards the end, it, it maybe laugh out loud as I listen to it, so I'll look out for that, but I don't want to spoil it. Um, do you think that... And, but I, so I love there's a community and, you know, and people, obviously people... Was that, is that the Waitrose joke? It is the Waitrose oh, joke. Oh, we can give that oh. away. That's all right. In my no. fault, I never... I, I try, you know, occasionally you get stuff wrong in a book. Of course you do. And it's always my, always my fault. But in the foot... So, as I say, you get people who check everything, but right? everything, the tiniest, tiniest little details. Uh, and it, it says something about this mistake that nobody bothered to check it. In the first book, in fact, the scene where we first meet Bogdan, uh, someone pulls up to the Waitrose in Tunbridge Wells, right? Someone drives up to the Waitrose in Tunbridge Wells, and we have the scene. Uh, it turns out, and this will shock you, there is no Waitrose in Tunbridge <laughs> Wells. And, which is so absurd that nobody checked. Like, absolutely <laughs> nobody checked. And I felt guilty ever since. And people from Tunbridge Wells always have a go at me saying, oh, I, think it's, I think they felt it quite badly anyway. And now this, this made it worse. And so there's a, there's, there's a scene in this book where Joyce goes to Tunbridge Wells and she said, um, I was disappointed because I'm sure I'd read somewhere there's a Waitrose, but there isn't. <laughs> It's, it's so nice. But, but I think that... Well, you know, that and that's my apology to people as well. It's very nice. But I think that, you know, it is... I think you've got this community and everyone loves these characters. And do you think there's... I mean, you know, is there any chance that any of them aren't going to make it through to the, to the end of however many books there will be? I'm so sorry, everybody. That's, uh, <laughs> it's all been going so well, hadn't it? Um, listen, you, I mean... It, you, should, you, you know, obviously, you should always keep everything on the table for, for, for the sake of jeopardy. But I will unequivocally say I'm not going to kill any of the four of them. That to me is like a, a, a car doesn't drive on three wheels, right? I need all four of them to be extant and for as long as they, they possibly want to. So I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't get rid of any of them, is the truth. Maybe in like 10 years' time when, you know, a tax bill comes in, maybe I'll think, okay. <laughs> Actually, do you, know, do you know what, Ron? I think your time is up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't particularly want. I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Is, is the truth? Yeah. You know, other characters, other characters, you know, might do, but but the, but the four main characters, I think, are, are staying exactly where they are. Yeah, I, that's, that's, though. Imagine them all in the sky pool. A big whisk goes in, takes them all out at once. Ah, oh, that's clever. That's I do have end. to say, I, I, I don't want them to age too quickly. No, <laughs> because you know that. That, that would be an issue. But I, I tend to start the next book almost immediately after the previous book. So they, they've only aged by about six months in the first three books. So, yeah. you know, I'm hedging my bets. Just a, mur- a murder a day yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that they solve in the day. Yeah, the next, tw- like 24. For the next 365 years. <laughs> well, it's lovely to talk to you about it. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, but there's lots more we could, we could talk about. I'm sure everyone's going to buy it anyway, but uh, go ahead and buy it. And uh, Richard will be signing in the, will. Uh, to the Waterstones afterwards. I'm doing a book event where I'm being interviewed later about my book, uh, Can I Have My Ball Back? It's a very funny story about having testicular car- cancer. There we uh, go. It's, it's nice and funny. And uh, does, does the main character die? <laughs> Eventually, apparently. <laughs> okay. I think he might become immortal as a result of yeah. survival. That's, that's, my, that's my understanding. Uh, that's at the town hall at 8.30, I think, but I'd love to see you there. But, ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause the incredible Richard Osmond. Thank you, everybody. And a huge round of applause for Richard Herring as well, please. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Richard.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHarring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.